Hi, my name is Jeff Chen, and you're listening to my Music Tent Podcast. Today, I'll be connecting two of my favorite subjects in the world together, the human brain and jazz, and we will explore the effect jazz has on our brains. We're constantly surrounded by music, from leaves rustling to humans talking. All noises can be organized into a series of notes, and technically, everything is an instrument. For example, the first part was actually a trash can, and the second part is John Coltrane. This proves that everything is just an instrument. In fact, there was a pretty interesting study done in 1973 conducted by Dorothy L. Redelect that shows that plants lean towards classical music source, but lean away from rock music. So, as a universal language in music, major scales tend to sound bright and good to us. And a prominent example is We Are the Champions by Queens. And it goes like... And this part is an F major, but major scale doesn't have to sound good to us. By really milking the B flat and changing the F major into D minor, it can be turned into the most atrocious song in the world. And it goes something like this. This is the Taiwanese military wake-up song, which I was in last year. Still genuinely terrifies me to this day. So as we can see, everyone has different opinions about music. And the brain sitting in our skulls right now is an intricate machine that serves as the translator and translates the sounds that vibrate our eardrums into chemical signals that alter our moods. The research field of connecting music and brain activity is still in its infancy. Since music notes are not quantifiable, they're not like drugs, where drugs contain certain chemical properties that we can map out its pathway as it enters our bodies and predict the areas that it will affect. Happy music, or in other words, the music that we enjoy and make us happy, is closely related to a chemical called dopamine. Dopamine is a drug that makes us feel good, and is also a chemical that we can't live without. It plays a big role in drug addiction, and also the experience of love too, but I digress. So, according to a study done at McGill University, by listening to the music that participants enjoy, their dopamine level can be raised up by 9%. But it is still nothing compared to heroin though, which can go up to as high as 200 to 1000%. Shows you how scary heroin is. Though the reasoning behind happy songs are pretty straightforward, which is happy and dopamine. But why do some people, including me, enjoy sad songs so much during certain times? The reasoning behind sad songs are a little more complicated. There are a couple of theories explaining why we seem to enjoy sad songs. There's a whole entire paper discussing different theories. But the most scientific theory I found was that sad songs can trigger a hormone called prolactin, which helps us deal with grief. 
So once like the sad melodies or lyrics hit our ears, our bodies produce prolactin to prepare for a traumatic event. But the traumatic event never comes. So our bodies are left with a mix of opiates in our systems and it makes us feel slightly better. But still though, these results are still a massive, massive generalization of the connection between brain and music. And as I was looking through the research papers, their music choices weren't as consistent. So I will spend the remaining time of this podcast covering the connection between jazz and our brains since I'm interested in jazz. There are two major components in jazz, which is the performer and the audience. Improvisation is a crucial part of jazz performances. And according to various different studies, improvising improved verbal ability, focus, memory, and mood. And to my surprise, a research done at John Hopkins found that the brain activity during jazz improvisation is unique to any other playing style. Improvising is associated with widespread deactivation in the prefrontal cortex throughout the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex and the orbital frontal cortex. And it also activates the medial prefrontal cortex. So in simple human language, during improvisation, the logical thinking part of the brain is deactivated and the self-expression part increases in activity. So the musicians will have an easier time expressing themselves since the logical part is turned off. Digging deeper into the art of improvising in jazz lands us at a form of improvising called trading fours, in which jazz members take turns improvising. And trading fours activates areas responsible to syntax of words and deactivates brain parts associated with somatic processing. And the researchers pointed out that verbal communication skills are similar to jazz improvising, in which we're improvising with our words. So by improving jazz improvisation, we can improve our verbal communication skills and our logical organization overall. There were almost no research conducted on listening to jazz and brain activity. And most of the articles I found online regarding listening to jazz and brain activity were not backed up by credible sources, so take these with a grain of salt. Most articles claim that jazz can reduce stress, lessen depressive moods, and stimulate our minds. And they also claim that our brains recognize and mimic jazz patterns, especially improvisation parts, and in turn increases hyperactive neural stimulations. And similar to improvising, listening to jazz can also improve verbal communication skills. So in conclusion, one thing is constant across all these various research results is that music is beneficial to our minds. And this is the reason why a lot of parents make babies listen to classical music. Music nurtures the mind in ways science can't fully comprehend yet. But still, there are a lot of ways to improve our minds outside of music. And one of the most effective ways is probably exercising. And imagine listening to music while exercising. The natural dopamine level will overshadow any drugs. Thank you for listening. Hope you learned something new and have a great day.